Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guests' big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now, it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we are joined today with two absolutely beautiful, amazing ladies that we're so excited to have on the show. We have Annette Grant and Sarah Karakan from the podcast and rental business. Thanks for visiting. Welcome, ladies. Thank hello, you. Hello. So good to we're see so you. We are to pumped to be here. Yeah, <laughs> we are so excited to have you. And um, I think just for our listeners, because you guys sit on more of the short-term rental urban side of the business and we're on the vacation rental side, can you guys tell us a little bit about you and your business? Yeah, it's super multifaceted. So um, hopefully we can make it super clear so your listeners can understand. <laughs> so together, Annette and I, um, we met uh, in 20, we still debate about this. We think it's 18, 18 18. at a city council meeting here in Columbus, Ohio. I had just moved here from New York city to, to expand my real estate portfolio via short-term rentals. And, um, they were imposing some or suggesting some pretty strict regulations here. And Annette was there as well, Mm -hmm. for you know, the same purpose. Yes. And she actually, why don't you take it from there with, you had already had a podcast idea in mind. Yep. I had a podcast idea in, in mind, wanted Sarah to be on the show because she was kind of Insta famous. So I sat next to her coincidentally, I got her <laughs> phone number, <Stalker. laughs> Yeah, but um, had her as a guest on my show that never launched because um, I sat down with her and it was kind of magical being able to talk to another host with a very different background. Um, at that point in time, I was partnering with a real estate developer. And so I didn't actually own the properties. We were um, we were doing profit sharing together. And Sarah was actually partnering with her husband and they were purchasing the real estate. So when we got on the microphone together, it was amazing because we had two different perspectives, uh, two different strategies, and so much fun. Uh, hosting can be very lonely. And, uh, you know, we had one podcast episode and then we just were like, Hey, let's do this together. And then it was like going out for coffee and drinks and talking about all the laundry and cleaning all the toilets and all the guests and all the things. And it was just like, wait, we've got to share this with as many people as possible because we were learning so much from each other. And you know, the quickest way for us to do that was through our podcast. And now we have an online community. We have a boutique short-term rental hosting business here in Columbus. We're buying real estate together. So it's kind of just the snowball effect of all things short-term rentals. That's yeah. so cool. And we're super jealous that you guys get to be in person together too. So if anybody, if you're listening, be sure to go over to our, our YouTube channel because they actually record in person for all their podcasts. And we actually just went on your podcast last week and yes. it's great. You guys have a wonderful setup and I just, I wish Annie, I wish you were here with me when we were doing these, but got to do it what we can with what we have. So Absolutely. Unfortunately. Now we actually, we met you. We have to tell a story of how we met you. We told it on your (laughs) show, but I want to make sure our listeners hear it too, because this, we might not have even 
gotten to the point we are in podcasting if it hadn't been for very <laughs> meeting true, you two. Yeah. So we were at the Vacation Rental Managers Association uh, fall conference in San Antonio, and Annie and I had just gotten there. And you went somewhere, Annie, I can't remember where, but I was in the ba- I went into the bathroom and I saw Annette and Sarah there. And there it looked like a like I, I, like a beauty pageant exploded. There were clothes <laughs> everywhere. There's makeup everywhere. And this is in the lobby bathroom. And I'm thinking, what in the world are these two girls doing in the bathroom? And one of you stood up and your shirt said, ask me about my podcast. And I said, oh my gosh, you know, my friend Annie and I were thinking about doing a podcast. And so you started telling me about everything that you guys did. And I said, hold on, I'm going to go find Annie. I, she's got to be around here somewhere. So I ran out into the hallway and I said, Annie, you've got to meet these two girls. I just ran into in the bathroom and you looked at me and you're like, why are you, when I go in the bathroom, in the bathroom, this sounds really strange. <laughs> so anyways, bring Annie in and we all hang out in the bathroom there and, and just have a great chat and then took it to the lobby and, and to the bar and, and, you know, had a great rest of the conference, just getting to know you guys. So, uh, it was interesting how we ran into each other there. And then again, at the vacation rental women's summit in New Orleans, ran into you our first night there as well, but it's, it's just, it's been a pleasure to, to meet you and to also, I think you came into the scene at a really good time that last year is when Verma started opening it up so that uh, individual hosts with, you know, less than, um, was it 10 properties could attend mm-hmm. and you, you two were the only ones we met that really fell into that basket, but through you, we've met a lot of people and it's just really opened our eyes to the short-term rental world. So we're excited to pick your brain about it today. (laughs) We're here for it. And we're, we're super thankful. There's two things. Number one, that you ladies took action and started the show because we know so many people that ask us about about podcasting and never, they have failure to launch. So it was so great. The next time that we saw you, like you're doing it. And it was awesome to see that. But secondarily, you also welcomed us with open arms being short-term rental hosts, you know, um, I think we're here to rise, you know, raise the tide together. And yeah. so we just want to get that message to all of your listeners of like, we are here. We are open books about the short-term rental world. We want to work together with everyone in the vacation rental world and just create a magic together. Yeah. So, thanks for that. <laughs> So I think that one of the things that I love just first and foremost is that you guys recognize the chemistry and kind of that it was okay for you to come from different sectors of the business. Um, and that's how Alex and I kind of met. I mean, I was I was in channel management. She was in property management. I had some channel management, OTA, property management experience, but we had differing views on some things. So we weren't trying to you know get everybody to agree with one side. We wanted to share it all and have greater conversations. So I love that you guys have that same sort of um, background. It may not be exactly the same part of the business, but definitely similar background. And so, you know, appreciate that. And it's exciting to see two women doing what we're doing on kind of the other side of the equation. But one thing that we've focused on and we found is that we've got a lot of listeners that are kind of from the short-term rental sector. There are people that are just getting into it. They're thinking about it. They've been in it for a while. And I think just with the way the economy is, they're kind of hitting panic mode. So they're listening to everything and they're asking lots of questions, which is really, really great. But one thing I think we all recognize is that we have to get more education out into these newbies when they come in and make sure that from the ground up, they are set up for success because there's a lot of people out there that will kind of, uh, I don't know, I want to say like snake oil salesmen, they'll tell them, oh, you'll make a million dollars. You'll be rich. You can fun, you know quit your job and sell your house and buy a mansion and do all these great things. And they're 
not really prepared for what the work is going to be, the cleaning the toilets, the <laughs> dealing with the guests at midnight. So I think together we can have a good conversation and bring everybody into the fold to help educate. Um, so with that, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, from your perspective, what do you think are things that people from short-term rentals could teach the vacation rental side of the business? We learned a lot going to VRMA in the fall. Um, like Annette said, we there's there is this like these two worlds, this vacation rental world and the short-term rental world. I actually come from the world of um, you know, I guess traditional hospitality. I used to live in New York City. That's where I got my start sharing my home in 2010 yeah. or 11. And the reason I was drawn to it is because I loved real estate and then I was an actor, but between gigs, I would work at restaurants and hotels. And there was a particularly long dry spell where I found myself at a hotel for about five or six years. And I moved around to a lot of departments and I was like, oh my gosh, with this whole new like Airbnb platform bringing this, you know, this age old, like it's very, you know, sharing a home is not new. And I, right. Think exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's a message that, that thanks for visiting that. And then I try to get out to the short-term rental world. But the thing that I think the short-term rental world or the more Metro markets can bring to the vacation rental world is, um, the, leveraging technology. Mm -hmm. We think, um, we we've learned, we went a lot of VRMA operators who, you know, manage hundreds of, of, of homes and they're still very, you know, come to the, come to the front desk and get the keys. And like, you know, that, right. that very yeah. like, um, yeah. which also has a very nice, has a nice touch to it right. too. Like yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. a lot, but we're learning from the older operators, but anything else that you can think yes, of? Yes. I'm going to say this. I hope I don't like ruffle a lot of feathers. I think one thing that um, vacation rentals can learn from short-term rentals, leave us more than one trash bag and one roll of toilet paper and one <laughs> oh paper towel. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. for us in short-term rentals, um, and you know, we talked about this on the last show is being a little more generous with your calendar. You know, yeah. people don't want to stay Saturday to Saturday. You can right. get people that want to stay two nights, three nights. Absolutely. But our amenities, we do not want our guests to have to go to the grocery store and buy supplies right when they check in. I still find that so prevalent in the vacation rental world where they give you like enough to get started and yes. then you're on your own. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's they're spending so much money on these homes where like we might have a, you know, hundred dollar a night, one bedroom, and we're giving them all the toilet paper, all the paper towels. It's like <laughs> no problem, but you know, yeah, you get this yeah. like $10,000 vacation home. It's like, well, one trash bag and one, one roll of paper towels. And, and I'm like, why? Um, yeah. so I think that's one thing that, um, we still get a lot of listeners who are hosts. Now they'll go to the, a vacation rental and that'll happen. They're like, Oh my gosh. I, the first thing I did when I got in, when I checked in, I had to go to the grocery store and buy supply, like basic supply. So right. I think that's one of those, I don't know if that chain is changing rapidly, but that is one thing I still see that I'm like, Oh, let's be a little more generous with that stuff. And, um, set us have a standard. Cause we think it should be like a hotel. You know, when you check into a hotel, you're not worried about if you're instantly on vacation at hotel. Right. We actually yeah. do. So we, it's definitely a really good point for sure. And <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure there's a numbers behind it. And I'd love there, to hear. Yeah, there, 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 there is. We'll probably yeah, get a lot, of, probably a lot, get a lot of emails about that one. But I'm just put it out <laughs> yeah. There. And, and also we do too. And so I think that's a really good point that you bring up because I wish I did know what the numbers were. I mean, if we were to give five grocery bags, uh, you know, and 
more, you know, shampoos and conditioners and soaps with every unit, what would that look like from an economic standpoint? Um, I don't know. I think it probably would be a lot. I mean, at scale, right. when you've got 500, a thousand units, that's, that definitely adds up. But what's happening is people, if they go and they stay in an Airbnb where it's some, you know, more of a curated experience, curated experience like yours, and they're used to that. And then they come and stay with somebody that's more of the enterprise legacy kind of vacation rental company. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that. That's when they're very upset. And, mm-hmm. and we do get those you know, complaints sometimes. And we try and be very upfront with it that we send out an email before guests arrive saying what is included. I mean, it, it includes your starter pack to get started with things essentially, but <laughs> right. in, a, in big units, that's, it's tough too. Cause I mean, a four bedroom condo, you'd have to have a whole box of, of uh, trash bags for, right. <laughs> like to, mm-hmm. to, for somebody staying there for a whole week. So it is, that's a challenge, but I think you're, you're spot on. And I think it's, that is one of the things that needs to be addressed because we don't want to set different expectations of when people book with you versus when they book with us. Right. I mean, there should be a little bit more of a common ground and what that those expectations are going to be. And that kind of goes, I think, to the conversation of standards across the industry. And kind of like to your point, you know, when you go to a hotel, you know that if you go to a specific tier, you're going to get a specific level of service. But if you go to a hotel, regardless of tiers, you're going to get toilet paper, towels, linens. And what I found interesting is there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of regionalization about those standards, even in the legacy vacation rentals. So Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of large groups, five, 600 homes in the Carolinas that they don't provide linens. You still have to bring your linens. And what's funny is- There's a lot that are like that. Yeah. And and that's (laughs) very, very much in the Carolinas. Now in Florida, that's not the case. In Texas, that's not the case, but it is very prevalent on the East Coast. And I've seen it in Martha's Vineyard and some of these other places where again, the average rent is $18,000 a week and you're getting, you having to bring your own stuff. And that's like, that's just shocking. But people are used to it. They have, you know, people that have been coming every year. But I do think that it speaks to the larger problem of how how do we create standards that Mm -hmm. do not um, cost too much on the, you know, on the high end, too much on the low end, but everybody can do it. And then that way, if you rent an urban home or you are a condo or apartment and you go to the beach and rent a condo, your, your expectation is pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I'll be completely honest and, and and let everybody know, like, yes, I don't know the economics of that for, you know, a huge company, but I do think what you're saying, Annie is like, how can we meet in the middle right? somewhere? So it's like, we're not too generous because we probably have a lot to learn about the economics of it, you know? And then on the flip side, that hospitality. And I do think as, you know, let's say the younger generation is coming up, that's, you know, where they're used to, like, maybe they're not going on the traditional. I think the traditional family vacation is still there. Yeah, This is kind of the difference too, but it's starting to, I think it's starting to switch over where social media has really made it a thing to go and experience as many places as possible, not the Hilton every single time or the same vacation rental home every single trip. So it'll be interesting um, just to see how travel changes um, post-lockdown with social media and how those traditional uh, say going to the same place every single year, how that'll start to get mixed up um, a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious, not anxious. I'm anticipating that's going to be a pretty large turnover here. And yeah. well, one other challenge that we up. have between professional hosts versus, you know, you guys being on Airbnb and being able to curate things and respond more easily. The review side is, is a challenge for us, right? I mean, we've got 
so many listings on there. And we do have somebody that responds to them as best as they can, but not at, at the, not probably at the rate that you can with, with a smaller amount and with the level of detail that you can with a smaller amount of listings. And last night, my husband and I were looking at renting a condo in Gatlinburg. And so we're on, on, on Verbo. And it was funny, I, his comments on why he liked a unit and saying, well, look, look at how, look at how responsive the host was and look at the comments back that they made. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I wish that we were able to do that at scale. And it, it, you know, we were just talking to Steve Milo yesterday about this. I mean, like it's at scale, it is a really tough thing. And that, that puts the professional managers when you're in that size bucket, um, just at a disadvantage to what you're able to do. So. Is there any sort of, and we'll be transparent about this. Is there any sort of automation that the larger, um, you know, companies could put into, into play? Like that's, we we do automation with reviews. So I'm just, well, we don't, we don't automate our responses. We, we automate leaving a review for guests in some cases, but some channels have an autoresponder to say like, thank you for your review, you know, something just very generic. And then if there's a, um, you know, if it's lower than like a two or something, it'll give you an alert. I mean, there is some of those tools out there. I think, again, it's just, it's just getting it set up. And, and, and again, you want to be, you don't want to be to the point where your every review response is exactly the same. So I think you run the risk of being robotic in it. Um, but you know, to Alex's point, when we were talking to Steve Milo, just again, the, 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 some of the OTAs are really weighing that review interaction and when you can't do it at scale and you can't do it in a timely manner, and you know, if you're you're busy in season and staffing is a is a problem, you know, it might take you more than 72 hours to respond to something and they ding you for that. And it's like, well, you know, we're we're running a business here. So I think there's got to be some grace given on both sides of the equation to yeah. um to find, like you said, just to kind of meet somewhere in the middle on it. Do you do you solicit your guests or do you request from your guests on Verbo and Airbnb that they go back and that they leave a review, or do you let the channel do that for you. We, so, and I'll, and I'll let your audience know too, like we understand the importance of not leveraging just OTAs. Like, and I think so, and, and Annette and I are really trying to champion um, these uh, owner operators. I think that's our biggest audience or owner operators yeah. um, to, to really put their heart and soul in into knowing that this is a business. And so asking for a review, just like you would, if you print a receipt or when you leave Lowe's, they always ask you like, would you leave a five-star right. review if you had a great you know, experience in the store? So absolutely. Or it's like, if you didn't receive a five-star review, you know, what, what could we do to, to improve this day? So whether it's a direct booking or on an OTA, Absolutely. But it has to be done delicately too, or we're not like forcing someone mm-hmm. to feel yeah. they have to say yeah. a certain thing. I think that I've seen a few times where I just felt like um, bombarded by uh, a request right. from a host. It's like but, you, can, <laughs> you can get their temperature. And especially if they've been, if they've been corresponding with you and saying really lovely things about their stay throughout, you know, it's, there's other times you're like, oh my gosh, if you could please leave us a review restating this, that would be amazing. Yeah. You know, you right. can kind of just, yeah. yeah, you can you can read the room on yeah. on how, how yeah, to yeah, that. yeah. going to be a good one or not. <laughs> they are so important to short term rental hosts, and like you said, Alex, we know that when guests are looking to book. They are reading those reviews. Oh yeah, um, we yeah. tell. It's funny. People ask us for advice all the time. We're like, okay, look for a super host, and they're like, read the reviews look at the last like f- five reviews. That's probably the most important. We, I mean, obviously you need to like the place, the right location price yeah, for you, right? but that's yeah. something we tell everybody like, look at the reviews and see what they're saying. People, yeah. and, and obviously with a grain of salt, but, and, but read through 
a decent amount of them to get a feel I'm for gonna, what's going on. I'm going to give my mentor, Kate Bueller, a shout out. If you don't know who she is, she is the most amazing human in the world. And when I used to work at hotels, she would come in and train us on how to um, upsell either rooms or at the food, at food and beverage. And we just had her on inside of our um, membership. And she said that if, you know, she's like, if she goes to a hotel, cause that's, she, she deals with hotels. And so I like to learn a lot from, um, yeah the hotel um, model as well. And so she goes, travels all over the world to five-star luxury places. And it, the importance of responding to a review to her and what she trains those team, like there's money in responding to reviews. Yeah. There is repeat guests. There are, there is getting that potential guest to now become loyal to your brand. If you can make that a priority. So she, even if she's shopping for a restaurant or a reservation, and she's like, if the GM can't respond to a review within, you know, 72 hours to, um, you know, up to a week, she's like, I'm just not going to dine there, or I'm not going to stay there. Cause I want to be a part of an establishment that's involved in yeah. their, in their day-to-day operations. And at scale, it's absolutely hard. Cause actually one of our, um, one of our team members, works at a hotel as well. And she, she's a general manager. She's like, Oh my God. She's like, I'm going to like have a newfound, um, passion to, to really be involved in that and responding to, to those reviews. Yeah. Also as a great reminder for our listeners and from even myself, I mean, what I think we've got to just really put an emphasis on the reviews and, and we do, but I think we need to put more of an emphasis on the reviews. Yeah. So well, this is this is what I think all businesses. I, I I was at a seminar years ago, and he was saying how you know the retention. Like if you go, let's say you go on Amazon or you go to a physical bookstore, and you go and look in the marketing and sales department, there are ninety nine books on sales and marketing and one on retention. Right, yeah. and so yeah, we're always yeah. so yeah. focused on getting. The new yeah. guests, getting the new guests. And it's like, wait yeah. a second, are the sales? It's like, why? Once somebody's actually spent that hard-earned money right. with us, all of a sudden we're like on to the next. And it's like that retention, if we would like tip even instead of 99, like go, you know, 90% and pay a little bit more attention to that retention and it will just sky, it'll hockey stick for you. And so right. yeah. that's something I want everybody to listen to is like, wait, that money that's being spent, like, how can we, because they're, they're going to do referrals and it's going to be less money for you to have to go after and get that new guest. So, yeah. um, I, I just encourage everybody at whatever facet of business you're in, you know, we yeah. you know, just spend so much time and energy there. It's like maybe the budgets too. Like I know Sarah and I, in our own business, we have our marketing budget. It's like, we really don't have a bucket, a retention bucket of like, how is it a team member responding to reviews? Is it a team member just reaching out? How, are yeah. we sending thank you cards? You know, things like that. Our budget probably you know, could use some readjusting to in the retention. Yeah. It's more of a, more of a mindset, almost part of the budget, mm-hmm. just to how you're looking at that. But yeah, it's really good points. I, I'm curious. Um, can you tell us a little, a little bit about you, how you decide which properties you're going to buy also? Um, Cause we had been talking offline and you said, you know, one of the strange things for you guys at VRMA was that people weren't talking about buying. Owning, yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not what yeah. our model is. I mean, we, that's, it's like the opposite of that, but at the conferences that you guys go to, that's mostly what they are talking about. And, you know, on the finance side and all sorts of different things, but talk about, or tell us about uh, which properties you've bought and and what goes into the consideration when, when purchasing a short-term rental. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, Sarah is going to take this away. And I want her, cause this was a huge takeaway for VRMA is there was no acquisition talk. And we, she's going to give a wonderful story of what happened after VMA, after we talked about it, but when you are in vacation rental management, it's like you have such 
a close relationship with the mm. owner. So we look, we would, we would, our dreams are off market deals <laughs> and mm-hmm. knowing the numbers already. So I'm going to let Sarah take it away. And we would love for people to really like dial in now and use this model of one property that we just purchased. Oh, I was like, I don't know what story she's talking 18. about. <laughs> no. So we went to VR man. I was like, that's just so interesting. Like the tax benefits and the wealth building. And, and I guess just coming at it from a real estate mindset, like I said, you know, my husband and I started investing in real estate in 2010 and doing the short-term rental model. Just, we always run our numbers with long-term numbers. Um, and uh, that's another thing that we, you try to really preach to people who want to get in, involved in, in the short-term rental industry. But I went to the RMA and I was like, oh my gosh, like these people are like, these operators are, these managers are so close to amazing real estate deals. And they know the numbers. They, they know, know all the numbers. numbers. All the historical yeah. data. They know if that house is kicking, you know what. Yeah. Maybe, they're, maybe they're licensed, you know, real estate agents and they're getting referrals or they're selling the property. And so I know there's commissions involved there. I'm also a licensed real estate professional and I get that. But then I immediately went home and we put a right of, first right of refusal in our contracts. So yeah. now when, um, cause we manage for other owners and when, if, and when they want to sell their asset, we get, you know, they come to us first and say, would you like, you know, to, to purchase mm-hmm. this uh, yeah. home? And we did that. So if we, I, I think we purchased that home in December mm-hmm. and when was the RMA October? October? Yeah. yeah. So it worked. Um, it worked. Yeah. And I mean, it was so lovely for the owner, even in our market where it is a crazy seller's market. This owner really was just. She's like, I just need to go back to what I know, which are 401ks and, um, and you know, the stock. She, yeah. Market. Her family was growing and she was like, I don't even have time to put it on the market or you know, do the things. And we were like, we will, I'll do it for you. You don't yeah. have to do a thing. Yeah. Let us just buy yeah. it. <laughs> yep. There's no agent fees involved. Like we'll just have our lawyers mm-hmm. do this with us. And I knew the numbers of the property. And so you asked what I'm buying too. And, um, obviously we, we like to stay around like the 20 to 30%, you know, cash on cash return. But for us, it's a property we can be proud of. It's a mm-hmm. property that our guests will be safe in. It's a property that will stand out. So we like the B plus A minus neighborhoods, A plus neighborhoods, if we can find a good deal there. Um, and it's not just Metro markets. So that's interesting too, is that, I mean, I know we're, you know, Airbnb is definitely setting the precedent from like 2010 on and bringing this to everybody. But I manage a vacation rental about an hour from downtown Columbus. It's called the Hawking Hills area. And it's actually quite beautiful. A lot of like, I know it's Ohio. It's actually not flat. There are caves and waterfalls and it's a very cool area. And people are building A-frames and tree houses, houses, cave homes, a cave. Oh, wow. (laughs) In a cave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and these people are hundred percent direct book. Like they might leverage OTAs a little bit, but they, because of Instagram and social media, um, they may not have to. And so land that just has like a wow factor to it or an idea that you have, like Annette and I have some really creative ideas that we're like, if we could just find some time to execute on them because people really do want those OMG moments when they travel. Um, We're also trying to tell our audience, like gone are the days of going to Ikea and shoving a couch in there and then finding things on the side of the road and thinking you're (laughs) going to make yourself rich. Like I'm sad that even happened, but it did. But with the sexiness of short-term rentals that we're seeing, Mm -hmm. um, competition is fierce. And, um, I think like you'd mentioned the whole, like people are concerned because there's talk about certain things in the marketplace, but I'm just wondering if it's just a sensible leveling out. Uh, Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And it's just a sensible, like, 
okay, so now you have to care about your customer service and the guest experience and the quality of your product. And, yeah. you know, the, I, I just think the market's leveling out. And so now you just have to pay attention. I just, I, I'd love to hear from some people that are new to the short-term rental space that there are these new investors that are coming in that it hasn't worked out for, because I feel like all we really hear about it are the people that are saying, oh yeah, I'm making, you know, all this extra disposable income a month. And I just have technology do all the work for, for me. And I've got, you know, one person in market and I don't live there. And I'm like, I just, it's hard to believe that that uh, is working in every case. Cause I mean, we know it's, it's not an easy business. And I think no, it's, it's not it's working in every case. Some of, some yeah. of the content that's out there makes it seem like this is just a, you're just getting residual in, income while you sit there and do nothing. And that's not the case, but um, it'd be interesting to hear in a couple, like next year, maybe what happens to some of these investors when they realize that that income is, the income's not there and that they are running into more issues. Not that I wish them, you know, bad times, but yeah. <laughs> just to hear the different side of the story. Well, you also, um, the the thing that I think a lot of people maybe don't know the full pit number the full picture of their numbers yet. So when Sarah was just explaining to you like what we look for also, you know, a lot of times if people are doing a short-term rental and they hire on a manager, you know, those numbers at the end of the day aren't as inviting as if they self-manage. So that's something different too. Like what Sarah's saying, look at what the long-term rent would be, what it looks like to self-manage versus have a property manager or vacation rental manager. So you've got to run those numbers so many different ways. And, and yeah, we, that is why we are here, Sarah and I, that is why we put out content every single day is because we do want to get louder about it is a lot of work and it is, it's great work and it can be financially rewarding, but yeah. the passive income BS, we want to like, you are the CEO of that home of that vacation rental, you know, right. company, yes. no matter what, even if you have a property manager, even if you have, you know, a turnover team and a maintenance person, you're still the CEO. And I don't care where you live, if you're there or not. So right. that is yeah. the, the, that is our reason for amplifying our voices. And so we, those stories, we've told. stayed in the people's homes where like they're sitting on the side of the Grand Canyon at their passive income and sipping a margarita <laughs> and you know, their, their rentals are not great. They're not safe. Yeah. They're yeah. not, they're not fun to be in and it's just going to come, it'll come crashing down sooner rather than later. And, and oh, I, I can actually tell you, we have, um, we have some clients where we did not bring on some of their, we only have the host one of their properties, not the other. And we had a conversation with them. The other one is not doing well. And they're like, we're going to take it off a short term. It's, it's not, it's not fit for it. It's not just making the, the money. Yeah, it's not worth it. it. And so yeah. I think what you're saying over time, once people really evaluate the time and money, I think a lot of them will um, fall off. Like the shine, the shine yeah. will wear off mm-hmm. and they'll really look at their numbers and go, this makes more sense as a long-term rental and yeah. they'll yeah. Peel, it, peel it back off. Mm-hmm. I've um, I've been engaging with a lot more individual hosts on LinkedIn, you know, and, and, and what I do love about it is that they're, they seem to be contrary to, I think what vacation rentals had the perception was not everybody wants to get into the business and not know what's going on. They're asking yeah. questions. They are engaging. And there's one gentleman that I've been talking with, um, and he's in Phoenix and he's kind of hit that. I'm concerned about where we're going, but I said, you know, have you looked at how many new units there are in your market? He doesn't have access to data like that. And so I shared it with him and he was like, Oh, okay. You know, it's like, they've grown. Like, I think it was like 50% year over year in the amount of vacation rentals or short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what are you doing? Are you on more than one channel? Are you, you know, are you moving your restrictions around? You're in, you're in Phoenix. So I know there's golf courses. Like, are you creating some sort of golf package that you can put out there on social media, those type of things? He was like, 
I didn't even think of any of these things. And it's like, again, I think everybody thinks like, if you just put it on the, that, that channel, right. That that you're going to get business, you know, it's just going to automatically come to you. And, And to your point, there's so much work involved, not just from maintaining the unit, but the marketing aspect of it and understanding that there's different guests at different times of the year coming for different things. And, you know, you need to engage and we talk about it all the time on our show, um, you know, with, with different guests is the marketing aspect of it and engaging with your local DMO, CVB, Chamber Mm -hmm. of Commerce. And these hosts don't, they just don't think that way. They're thinking like, well, I know the real estate agent that's selling the units or they can help me get a guest that's coming in to look for, to buy a unit. And they're just not thinking big picture because they're not from the business. They're from Mm -hmm. banking or, you know, money management. So they had money to get into it, but they just don't have the business savvy on the hospitality side and what it takes to do it. And what you just said, the unit, the thing that makes Sarah and I is like skin crawl. It's like somebody's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get an Airbnb unit. And we're like, what yeah. is an Airbnb unit? Like you're starting a hospitality business, you're right? A real absolutely. estate investor. Yeah, like yeah. that is the <laughs> one thing we we're trying to like, just, you know, um, we have to use Airbnb a lot because that's, we have to sure. meet people where they yeah. are, but we're like, okay, you're a short-term rental. Um, yeah. And you know, that's, that's one of our missions too, is to just kind of change that language. Yeah. Uh, See, that's, I mean, you're, you're speaking all the right language to to (laughs) us and that's why we want, you know, you guys to be at VRMA and just show that side of you're on a different side of the industry, but you're on the right side of it. And you're maintaining the same fundamental, you know, goals that we all have too. And certainly we do not, we all hate that Airbnb has taken and just the brand of our industry and has become the Kleenex of the industry. We've been around for so much longer (laughs) than Airbnb has. It's a channel, but, um, and the advocacy side, I think is really important too, that a lot of the new short-term hosts that are coming in, they're not participating, you know, in any, in, in any advocacy efforts. And I know you guys do, which is great. And that's, that's an important thing because at the end of the day, if restrictions come down, then nobody can rent anything. So that's right. That was, I mean, that, like we said, that's where we met. And that was, uh, I'm, yeah, I will be yeah. honest. That's I have actually never where I'm attended. headed after we get off this call. Is, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have never attended a city council meeting in my life yeah. before that one. And I was like, and I will admit Airbnb actually sent out emails to us asking us, because I think it was more like the hotel industry was putting some lobbyists, a lot of cash behind it to kind of yeah. put these, um, uh, restrictions in. Sure. And that was eye opening for myself. And there were so many hosts there. And I, we, Sarah tell, you know, on our show and our members, like, we're like, yes, if there's any sort of event where you can at least be present and show up, you've got to show up in your, in your town, wherever mm-hmm. that is. Our mission at the end of the day is to level up what it means to be a host. Um, you know, right. and, and that, and that word was probably mostly, I mean, it's an Airbnb made it a thing, right? But like, like you said, we're, we're meeting them where they're at. But if we can bridge this gap between, you know, you call them professional hosts or, you know, legacy properties, but to professionalize what you do as an owner operator or as a, a manager of, of rental properties, um, then we all, we all win. So we have to bridge this gap. We have to start talking um, from, you know, owner operators to people who've been doing this for a very long time because there's a lot of us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's more independent own, owner operators mm-hmm. on Airbnb than there are hotel rooms. You know what I mean? That's, That's a cool. lot of people. Um, and so we, we have to have these conversations. We have to come together. We have to really level this up and just meet some, so that we can all benefit, whether you're on the East coast or in the middle of Columbus, Ohio. Um, it, it's a good thing, but we just have to make sure that we're being sensible. Yeah. I have a friend that I worked with, um, 
several years ago and she comes from OTA side of things and she lives in a very, um, I'm not going to say the destination. I want to out her, but she's in a destination where she ran for city council. And so she's on the city council now and they're facing mass amounts of like discussions about regulations. And there's a big upheaval about, you know, they want to go super strict and the, the, the dependency for the vacation rentals and the short-term rentals is so high that if they go to the super strict, it's really going to affect, again, it's going to affect labor. It's going to affect the restaurants. It's going to affect the attractions. Yes. It's going to affect the amount of events that are coming to the area, like all these things. And so her and I are getting together tomorrow to talk. Cause she's just like, I just want to know what other destinations are doing before we go down this road. And, and, and I think, you know, you come from a side of thinking like, I know what the city needs, but I think unless you live in a like destination, like Alex and I both live in vacation destinations, we understand there has to be a balance there. The right. problem is the people that are making the decisions are the ones that are, you know, they chose to live beachfront in a tourist community and now they're going to complain about it. And, mm-hmm. and I always, I've always, I worked for a lady years ago and she would call pe- these people againers. They have something to complain about again and again and again, and they show up at every meeting about something and it's the stop sign, it's the speed bumps, it's the whatever it is. And right now the hot thing is just regulation on vacation rentals. Mm -hmm. I don't want these party houses. I don't want people staying in this building next to me. Well, you know, you bought a condo in a high rise that was zoned for vacation rentals. We had people complaining 10 years ago about Right. the you know building of these condos or building of the attractions to bring right, people right. into town. And so I think, again, it's, it's a larger conversation that every destination has to have. But if we don't get everybody on the same page to one, register their unit, be legal about mm-hmm. what you're doing, right. pay attention exactly. to noise ordinances and, and be a good steward of the, of the industry, but also just to go back to being hospitable. Like, is this what you want living next to you? Probably not. So like, how yeah. do you manage that guest and the expectation of them coming in so that the people that live next door to it aren't going to be upset. And it's just a huge problem. And it's such this like tough thing where I'm excited as a, as a real estate investor and as a property owner that I can use my property, how I see fit. Like that's very Mm -hmm. important to me. Property rights, I hold them near and dear to my heart, but Airbnb makes it like, oh, you can sign up and host your home in seven minutes. And then all of a sudden we have all these hoteliers or, you know what I mean? Are these people who thinking they can like just put their home up on your beginning and that's it. Yeah. That's also the problem. But you know, it's, I, I also want to like welcome those people with open arms and that's how we're going to like change things. It's like, Hey, so proud of you. Love that you're doing this. Come over here. You know, listen to all of our podcast episodes (laughs) and, um, and just know that there's, you're actually leaving money on the table. Like if you think you were going to do this and make millions of dollars, unfortunately that's not the case, but it can be Mm -hmm. if you do, you know, if you do these things, if you, or if you have some seasonality adjustments, if you change your, you know, your, your hero image on your listing, if you actually try yeah. to invite guests back, if you go on different channels, if you build a brand for yourself, like this could be, um, a family business for you mm-hmm. and, and your children and your children's children. So to have them yeah. like really think bigger, like, yes, I guess Airbnb roped you in here, but now that you're here, if all this sounds attractive to you, like the, the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna have to work together because, you know, I think, you know, um, Alex is right. In terms of these people opening up these condos or these homes or whatever, and they're not paying attention. Yeah. They're not, they're not checking in and it's, it, it's trickling. It's like all these areas. And of course it gets bad press. Of course, if yeah. there's, you know, a big party and someone is hurt or killed, I mean, that's going to make national yeah. news. Right. That's yeah. not good yeah. for any of us. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, um, I, you know, I, when I was in management, we had a problem and it was, it, it was before Airbnb, but it was VRBO was the problem. It was all the owners that thought they could do it on their own and they were right. on VRBO. <laughs> and so they were, it was, it, it was a similar situation. It's just cycled over and Airbnb kind of mm-hmm. like harnessed the power of those individual, those individual people. But I think again, if people understood from the very first unit, here is your starter kit, like just like a starter kit for a renter. Here's your starter kit for renting. And these are the things that you should know. And that's where I think, Annie, we were talking about this at the executive summit, the national association of realtors really needs to be present at these events with us too, because I mean, that's where it starts with. I mean, the person who sells you the property, they should be the one that's educating you and we should be holding them responsible to say, okay, let's work together. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent, excellent We'll talk about that too, just really quick. I know we're getting, you know, long-winded here, but um, you know, you have to technically either have to own the property or you yeah. need to be a licensed real estate professional. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this whole like loophole with the master leasing and the arbitrage model frustrates yeah. me because now they have part ownership because they have a lease right. of the property and now they're able to just really scale so, so fast. It gets out yeah. of hand for them. And then again, again, we just, we find ourselves into problems and I'm, I'm here for capitalism. I'm here for people to build their businesses, Yeah, but it's just, it, it, you know, for the whole realtor license, real estate professional thing. Like, I just want us to like check ourselves there as well in terms of like, you know, um, uh, uh, yeah, just being thoughtful with yeah, um, knowing that you are leasing out property in a short-term rental basis. Yeah. And, that's, and the that's expectations the need to be set from the beginning. And the realtor has the opportunity to do that yeah. and not, um, not, I guess not, not give them false hope of where they're going to be going. With yeah, it, right? yeah. Just for that commission and that quick. Yeah, quick exactly. Hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, side, side story. So last night I was on Facebook and um, a girl that I know was posting, she has a, a bunch of cars that she puts on Turo here. I mean, that's like her business. Oh, cool. And she was complaining because there's been so much new inventory added to Turo that now she used to be like one of like 30 cars in her area. And now there's 300 and Jeez. they're driving the price down yeah. and quality's bad. And I'm like, oh my God, this is Airbnb <laughs> right. all over from the beginning. It's just a different industry and it's just rinse mm-hmm. and repeat, but it's, it's, it's interesting to see you know, how things evolve and how the, it seems like a good thing to start, but then the issues come out and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, the, the fundamental business of what you guys do, and what, what we do is good, but it's mm-hmm. some of these channels that are trying to monopolize and just make money on things that are ruining a good thing in a lot of cases, but. Right. No. Yeah. And, and so that's why it's important for, if you're, if you're going to go into it, you just have to be the best. Um, yeah. And then be be aware when you do use your dollars then to go on yeah. vacation or wherever you're going for a business trip for vacation, visiting family, like pay attention to yeah. the reviews and make sure that your money's being recycled back to those responsible yeah. hosts. So we do, we do vote with our dollars. So, right. yeah. um, you know, I, I think that if we can just all be the best at what we do and continue to vote wisely with our dollars, mm-hmm. that's, that'll be helpful. And then show up when it counts, you know, like show up and, and have a voice Um, and always be learning, you know, tuning in to, to your podcast, reading a book, learning from owner operators or operation management companies that have been around for a really long time. I mean, they've been around for a long time for a reason. I'm not saying we can't all reinvent ourselves. We need to always be learning and adopting new practices and all that kind of good stuff. But if, if someone's just, if, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably probably is. is. Right. Exactly. Hundreds of units while you're sitting on a beach, sipping margaritas. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) we all want that, right? Yeah. Correct. Right. So, (laughs) um, it's a fun industry. It's super rewarding, but it is a lot of work. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, Well, we are, 
Thank you so much yeah. for coming. Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate great, great content. Thanks for guys, visiting. Yeah. <laughs> you are very welcome. Thanks for having us. Such great energy. Where? So tell our listeners and tell us, where are we going to see you next this year? Are you going to any of the other conferences coming up? Vacation we, ones? We are. We're going to go to VRMA International awesome. in Las Vegas. So great. if any yes. of your listeners, we will most likely be wearing our... Um, ask us about our podcast. Yeah, so we've, we've got to think of a funny. Okay. Yeah. If anybody, you can, you can steal ours. Uh, we did not, we, we weren't, it wasn't original, but if nope. you, anyone sees us there, please come say hello. We want to hang out with you ladies. Hopefully we'll yes. be able to podcast together. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But yeah. we will be there. That's just one event that we're not going to miss. Good. Awesome. Great. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you and find out more about your podcast and your hosting, where can they, where can they go? I think the best place to go is thanks for visiting dot me. And more Not me, okay, lots of great. resources yeah. and a podcast at thanks for visiting. You can anywhere you like to listen to your podcast. We will be there. We'll show awesome. up and we show up every week on Thursdays. We have new episodes. Great. great. Well, we will include links in our show notes to be able to get right to the podcast and to contact you ladies directly. So thank you again for being here. You two are just a, a light of energy and positivity. And we're just we're thankful to, to know you yeah, <laughs> and I call your friends now too. Thank you if, so much. If anybody wants to contact Annie and I, you can go to alexandannypodcast.com. If you're enjoying the show, please share this episode with your friends, family, dogs, kids, anybody. (laughs) Uh, Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. 